Hi, it's Phil Kerner, the Tool and Die Guy. Recently, YouTube has added a new community feature, and they suggest that I tell my visitors that come to my channel a little bit about me and why I started this channel. I've been on the internet long enough to know that uh, when Google and YouTube suggest something, you just probably should do it. So that's what we're going to do tonight. You know, most of the time my videos are of a technical nature, and tonight is a departure from that format, so bear with me. And uh, let's see how fast I can tell you a little bit about me, the Tool and Die Guy, and how we ended up here. I was born in 1960 into a blue-collar family of tool and die makers and machinists right here in Erie, Pennsylvania. For those of you from the Practical Machinist, that makes me 59 years old, or you can recalculate however you want, and I'm sure you'll prove me wrong. I grew up in a house that knew nothing but manufacturing. Much of my childhood was spent hanging around my Uncle Eddie's tool and die shop. He had been very successful with the Kerner Tool and Die Company and afforded him the luxury of building a spectacular home next to the shop, which included an in-ground pool and an 18-hole golf course. It goes without saying that hanging out there in the 60s was like being in Disneyland for me. Take a swim, race around the golf course in an electric golf cart at age 7, rinse and repeat. My father, Fritz, was a World War II veteran, and in hindsight, there's no doubt that his experiences in the Pacific campaign left him, let's just say, a little bit stressed out. Uh, today, we would call him wound tight. Fritz was the foreman and general manager at Kerner Tool and Die Company. A few miles away, my other uncle, Ronald, uh, my uncle Ronnie, founded the R.M. Kerner Company, a high-production machining facility. In May of 1969, uh, about 50 years ago, my father, Fritz, passed away. I was nine years old, and six months later, in December, my Uncle Eddie also passed away. And at that point, my life was really forever changed. My aunt would eventually sell Kerner Tool and Die Company to the, uh, John Kathman, who renamed the company Kathman Die and Tool, which always sounded a little bit weird to me. But Kerner Tool and Die was the most unique in the fact that the shop was started in a large dairy barn. And if you guys watch my videos at all, the beginning of every video shows a pencil sketch of that barn. My uncle just kept adding brick structures to the barn as the business grew. This is only relevant as in pointing out to the hazards of high voltage and oils being mixed together with a 100-year-old dairy barn uh, was a um, recipe for disaster. In 1974, the entire complex was leveled by a devastating fire. I should also note here that the foundations of the original current tool and die company are still uh, clearly visible uh, on Google Earth. My mother would remarry, uh, within the next year my mother really liked being married, and uh, my life shifted from the much blue-collar east side of Erie to the more un-blue-collar west side of Erie. My teenage years were spent working as a mechanic at Lakewood Lanes, which of course spawned a lifelong love of bowling. Besides working at the bowling alley, my spare time was spent fixing and tuning uh, classic cars, Dow, uh, they were just cheap for me. Uh, my Chevy Bel Airs and Chevelles and anything else that I could buy for $200. I still remember the firing order on a small block Chevy, 18436572. Look it up. I didn't have to. I'm pretty sure I'm right on that one. Eventually, I would take up a drafting class in ninth grade, which began my lifelong love affair with drafting, drawing, and design. I began my studies at the Erie County Technical School in 10th grade under the watchful eye of a really wonderful teacher, Mr. Anthony Tulio, Mr. Tony Tulio. And having completed my first year and a half of uh, those studies, satisfactorily I was uh, eligible to go on co-op. 
As luck would have it, the R.M. Kerner Company happened to call the Erie County Technical School looking for an intern, having no idea that I was a student there. And the guidance counselor told them, well, we have your nephew here, and he's pretty good. So thus began my career in drafting and design under another wonderful mentor, Mr. Norman Reitman. Upon graduating in 1978 as an outstanding senior from the Erie County Technical School, I enrolled as uh, an engineering student at our local Penn State affiliate, uh, Satellite College, Barron College. Regretfully, my outstanding education in drafting and design at the technical school left me somewhat ill-prepared for college. Uh, imagine walking into a college chemistry class having never, ever had a chemistry class in college. Awkward is uh, the best word I can use. I decided to cast my fate to the wind and left college to begin my apprenticeship at Red Dog Tool and Die Company right here in Erie. The owner had apprenticed under my father and gladly took me in. I learned two things at Red Dog, how to drink a lot of beer, and that every top toolmaker at Red Dog came from a place called Anson Tools and Gauges. Well, after one year at Red Dog, I applied at Anson Tools and Gauges, and I went through the most grueling interview process imaginable. That's how seriously they took apprenticeships back then, and especially for a 20-year-old. I sat in the president's office where I was interviewed by the president, Mr. Roland Anderson, uh, the vice president, Joe Leto, and both foremen, Bob Westmiller, Bob Schuster, I remember all the names, as well as the apprentice supervisor, John Matz, at, uh, all at the same time. Two things happened. I was hired as the first person to ever leave Red Dog and go to Anson's. I think some people are still pissed at me uh, today for doing that. It was, at the, uh, it was the right move. I had a glorious apprenticeship and learned all of the basic fundamentals that I still teach from every day. And upon finishing my apprenticeship in 1983, I met with the owner, and I was told I would go on second shift for the next two years. You know, uh, that was not exactly on my career path. So I applied for a toolmaker's job, and I uh, took a job as a mold maker at Tetra Tool Company right here in Erie, which was a bit uh, ballsy considering I had just finished my apprenticeship. Well, in those days, our mold designs were basically rough sketches, and we worked from actual part drawings for our real dimensions, adding shrink rates for every dimension depending on the material. With that kind of experience, it was incredibly easy for me to go on to um, design and mold design as my career uh, progressed. In 1986, the first Mazaks were introduced to Tetra Toll Company, and eventually I was forced into running one, regretfully, but then I realized um, this isn't so bad. After running manual machines for my uh, first part of my career, um, I began to see the um, beauty of uh, CNC machining. I realized uh, quite quickly that this was the future and embraced the technology. And again, another lifelong uh, love affair was born uh, between myself and Mazax. I left Tetra Tool in 1991 to start the second edition of the Kerner Tool and Die Company. I took on a very wealthy partner who insisted on owning 51% of the business, and Kerner Tool and Die Part 2 would eventually grow to a multi-million dollar tool shop by 1997, uh, just uh, six years later, employing over 40 uh, tool makers and designers at its peak. You know, like uh, many partnerships, this one reached its end in 1999. We just couldn't reach an agreement as to what the business is worth for a buyout in case something happened to either one of us. Um, let's just leave it at this. You have to be 100%, uh, I, I actually wrote this, retarded, to enter into an agreement where you don't own at least half of your company. At that point, if you don't own at least 50%, um, 
you are uh, an employee. You're just an employee. So um, I left that company, millions of dollars of uh, equipment with, 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 with nothing, not $1 after eight years. So I started my second tool and die shop, Endeavor Mold and Design, in 1999 as a 50% order, so I'd improved, with three other plastic shop owners who promised me at least $1 million worth of tooling a year. Well, the most I ever really got from these guys was $200,000 a year, which is a big difference. And uh, basically, they used me as their personal tool shop, beat me up, and uh, complained that we didn't make any money when they didn't give me all the work they promised. But boy, I sure can pick them, right? So um, that's why I'm, to this day, not a big fan of partnerships. Eventually, uh, we all took a he- uh, We were all very heavily tied in the toy business, my, my partners and myself. And uh, boy, in uh, 2003, everything left for the Pacific Rim. And I ceased operations in 2004. In 2005, I took the position as a second shift foreman at industrial sales and manufacturing here in Erie, Pennsylvania. I had worked in that position for about three years until transferring to a first shift position as a toolmaker and specialty machinist, which is still my current position today. So how did we get here? The Tolandieguy.com and the Tolandieguy on YouTube. In 2010, I asked myself, did I really learn a trade? Did I really, really spend 30 years learning something and perfecting something that's worthless? Was it really for nothing? And then, uh, you know, I, I really knew molds and dyes were still being built, but just not as many here in America like they used to be. One day, I uh, took a part into our inspection department, and I uh, had an angle on it. And they, they failed it. They said, how'd you check it? I think they used a comparator or something. I said, how about a sign bar? And they said, oh, what's a sign bar? Huh. So I sat down at my kitchen table that night. And I handed my wife my video camera. And I got out my set of gauge blocks and a sign bar and explained what a sign bar was, how to use it. And uh, at the end of that video, I just made a, a what I thought was a funny remark, and this is Phil Kerner, the world's greatest tool knife maker, which I still get beat up over every day on that other site. Some people can't take a joke. So I posted a video, and it sat there for months, 10 views, 30 views, 100 views. I forgot about it. About six months later, it was happened to be on YouTube, and uh, I looked at the video and it had 11,000 views. And I thought to myself, really? So back in those days, still reinventing myself, I could do website design and I, I uh, did some research and found out that toolanddieguy.com was available. So that's how we came here. Um, that's how the toolanddieguy.com was born, just out of a video about a sign bar. So the last eight years have been interesting, interesting to say the least. You know, I've got the hell beat out of me online. If you guys are thinking about ever doing something online, hey, you got to have tough skin. There's a lot of knuckleheads out there. But in the end, I've recorded over 350 videos on what I call real-life manufacturing. Um, this is not a hobby for me. Um, I don't get paid to screw around all day. Uh, this is what I teach, what it's like to work in a, a real shop on the shop floor in the real world. You know, people need stuff done now. Over the last eight years, I've kept my job through thick and thin, been a lot of ups and downs, but despite being a fog, 
fine old guy. Uh, I still know how to get it done every day. They depend on me. And I've also worked to become a, an advocate for the trade uh, with my Working Hands radio broadcasts, and I've been on television and radio many times to preach the gospel of American manufacturing. And I was featured in a nationally released book entitled Callings, The Purpose and Passion of Work, which is my story of my life in manufacturing. And it was chosen from over 100,000 uh, nationwide recordings from StoryCorps and is stored in the Library of Congress. It really doesn't matter when and where you're uh, hearing this, is my story, God willing, begins again tomorrow morning. Where I, just like millions of other craftsmen in every state in America and around every country around the globe, sometime tomorrow morning we'll fire up some kind of a machine and begin the process of making things. Tomorrow, billions of people will touch the products that are produced by the dyes and molds that craftsmen just like me produce every day. And that's why I'm here, to share that knowledge and to share that experience for another generation. So I think that pretty much sums it up. Um, thanks for joining me. I hope you uh, know a little bit more about me, Phil Kerner, the Toll and Die Guy. <laughs>